Hey everyone, before today's episode begins, we want to give a quick content warning um, about the episode. It's going to cover a range of adult topics, including uh, substance abuse as well as suicide. We just want to make sure you're aware of this in case you are triggered by any of these things, especially if you are listening around smaller ears. Um, these are complex topics, so consider this your content warning. Thank you and enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Emotional Duct Tape. I'm Corey. I'm Jamie. And we want to thank you for being here. Um, Jamie and I get to uh, have this great podcast where we talk about a very hard topic, which is grief. But um, I would say for, for me, and I'm sure Jamie would agree that we love um, hearing stories. We love talking to people and, and getting to know their experiences in life. And uh, the cool thing about this podcast is that we've made a bunch of new friends. And with with our 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 first few uh, uh, episodes, we've had a lot of response on yes, I want to be part of this. And so our our guest today is somebody who is, I think, one of our first our first people we said we have to have them on the podcast. Um, she's really cool. She's really popular on TikTok, and I don't want to make her like make her feel embarrassed or. Uh, the bar set high or something, but um, she has a really uh, unique perspective on things, both um, relating to death and um, uh, uh, relationship stuff. So uh, please welcome our friend, Julia. Julia, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. Um, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for being here. You, um, you're a, you're a, you're a single mom. So um, as a, as a parent who is married, but I know the chaos of life, so I'm glad you're here. So, yeah, so let's talk about your story. I'm going to kind of just throw the floor to you, and we'll kind of ask questions along the way. Okay, so I met my husband when I was 14, and um, we were in high school together. I was a freshman, and he was a senior, and we met – because I had a neighbor who was friends with him and um, I went over to his house and we got to know each other that way. And um, let's see, whenever, and we started dating when I was 15. We ended up getting pregnant when I was 16 and with my son, my oldest son, who's 10 now. And, um, and we had some bumps along the road. He had, his sister had passed away right before he had met me. And so he had some addiction problems when I met him and he had gone through rehab and, but he wasn't doing um, the drugs whenever we started dating. So um, after I got pregnant, we ended up getting pregnant again when I was 18. And then we got married about six months after she was born. And during that whole period, he was dealing a lot with the grief for his sister. And he said a lot of the times that I was one of the reasons why he was able to get over his grief for his sister. Um, but there's so much that like, I'm like, how do I pack all of this into just like a little bit of time? Well, real quick, I want to touch on something real fast here because um, it's interesting too, because uh, even, even though having a child is an amazing experience and life changing in a good way. Um, there's kind of also a loss of innocence grief there too, because I mean, you know, while 
some of your friends, you know, are doing this or doing that or getting to live life a little more, um, a little more traditionally, um, you're, you're taking care of a baby. So that's, there's some grief there too, I think, you know, and there's probably a process to, um, compounding, uh, you have a, a man who loves you, who is battling his own demons, um, not only addiction, but loss, but then you, but then you're also trying to, um, when, when things like that happen, like a, a death or even um, a child, you grow up a little faster than you want to. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think that I did. Um, you know, I had some friends that I, I lost because I was, you know, doing something completely different than what they were doing. They were graduating high school and doing things like that. And I was at home with a baby. And um, but Dustin, my husband, was amazing. He was, when I got pregnant, he was like, Hey, you know, if you don't, if you're not ready to do this, I'll do it. I'll take the baby. You can go live your life. And yeah. And I was like, you know, no, I, you know, I, we did this together. So let's do this together. Um, so yeah, he was a great person. He really was a good person. And, uh, we had a really good relationship for a really long time. We got married when I was 18 and we were married until I was 26. So um, we really had a great communication relationship. We were able to just focus on our family for a really long time. And we were really happy for a really long time. And then he started getting stressed about work and some other things. And he fell back into using drugs again and alcohol as a way to cope with that. And then I think a mixture of the stress and the loss of his sister really just kind of pulled him under. And I really think that that, um, really took a toll on our relationship. Um, was, was he, now did he sober up for a while when, when you had your children? Yeah, he was sober from the time that, um, we got together till the time that, till I was probably about 24. So for a good chunk of time. Was that process for him to sober up and clean up? Was was it pretty? Was he able to to quit pretty quickly? Was it kind of a cold turkey? Just stopped everything, or was it like? I mean, was it a rehab thing? I'm just curious. Yeah, he went to rehab for it um, because I'm trying to remember correctly. He just he almost died, and so then he went to rehab for it, and then um, yeah, so he was sober up until we started handling a lot of stressors with work. He went from making $3,000 a week to making $3,000 a month. And the way that we had, you know, our living was, it wasn't able to be, um, you know, maintained on, on that. And then he just got so stressed out of, I have this family, I have all this stuff and he didn't know how to cope with it. So he turned to the drugs and alcohol as a way to cope instead of turning to me. So then we, you know, for a couple of years, I tried to be like, you know, this is what's going on. I see what's going on. I need you to admit that you have a problem so we can fix it. And he just wouldn't. And it, it tore our relationship apart. And so at that point, after two years of fighting to try to get him back and get him back to the person that he was, I had to make a decision to get a divorce. And that was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made in my whole life. It was awful so. yes so with um and because i i have not 
never I've never been divorced and I, I don't know the and Jamie has never been married. Um uh so with with realizing that he wasn't going to change, there certainly was a there was a grieving process, I'm sure, even before you you said I'm I'm leaving you. I mean, there was probably a process where you saw him making this change and um what what was that like, I guess, that whole process of seeing that he was going down a dark path and trying to, I, I guess, what was the grief process from realizing he was having problems again to the point where you walked away? I mean, what, what kinds of things were you feeling right then and there? Um, I mean, obviously sadness, but can I just talk about what, you're, what, what that was like for you? Honestly, I went into a place, probably the darkest place, one of the darkest places I've ever been in my life. And that was because I was having so many emotions. I had this husband that I thought was the perfect husband. He was so sweet and always so caring for everybody else around him and positive. And he always wanted to see the good in everybody. And then to see him kind of change, like I didn't want to believe that he was changing. And then to see him turn into a completely different person because the drugs did, they turned him into, I guess people call it narcissistic. And he turned into where everything was my fault. Everything like I was a liar. Everybody around me was a liar and I was isolated from everybody else. And there was just, there was a lot of, and it was just like such a fast change that it was like, no, this isn't the person I married. And then having to accept that was like, um, it just, it was, it was really hard. I think that there was just like a clicking point where I was like, okay, he's not going to change. And at this point I'm enabling him. So I have to, I have to leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I was going to say is that, you know, um, I may have never been married, um, but I have definitely, um, I'm also a, a Floridian um, and I'm down here in Delray Beach. Yeah. So, you know, it's a very big uh, rehab community in Delray Beach. So it's very like, you know, it's not widely known, but this is like one of the biggest, they call it the rehab capital of the US. Um, and I didn't know that when I moved down here. Um, I just love the area and thought it was beautiful. But um, all this to say that, you know, I have been with a number of, of men who have had addiction problems and things. And, um, you know, it it's so hard because they can be so sweet and kind and loving. They're generally those people. And it, there are those underlying mental health issues that are, tend to not be addressed that lead them to, you know, not great ways of coping. But what I really wanted to say is that I'm proud of you for making the choice and knowing that, you know, you can love someone um, and it, and their their problems don't make them a bad person, but you have to love yourself enough and your family to be able to walk away and do what you have to do because you know it's it's what you got to do for yourself. Unfortunately, and, and in a lot of these situations, yeah, and in a lot of these situations, um, the, it it has to be that person that wants to get better, and if they don't you know, or they can't, um, as much as you try, you won't have any energy for yourself and and for the people that you need to take care of. So, um, you know, kudos to you for for being brave enough to do that. And the other thing too is, I mean, um, 
you have children who you're trying to protect from all this chaos, and that's hard too because you have to you have to be able to be strong enough to to you know push back you know but also too you're trying to protect your kids you know and um kids have this great ability to always see the best in their parents and you could be a terrible person and your kids will still think you are superman or superwoman um but so i mean it's it's hard too because you have other people to think about it's not just yourself it's 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 not your life that's affected it's it's theirs too so yeah and i think also that that was one of the hardest things too about the divorce thing was that with my kids and with everybody else, our families, is that I didn't want to paint Dustin in a way that people didn't know him. I didn't want them to see that side of him. And so I didn't tell people, you know, hey, this is why we're getting divorced, because I didn't think it was anyone's business but ours. And I, um, and, but him being on drugs and being different than he was, he was going around telling everybody that I was a terrible person. I was a bad mom, all these things. And in turn, I had a lot of my family turn against me basically. And, you know, I was like, well, eventually I feel like they'll see what's going on. And so I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and defend myself or try to make him look bad because I just don't think that this is who he is. And so I'm going to just, I'll take it and the, the truth will come out eventually, which it did. And um, I had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, you know, I'm so sorry that we I feel for you so much because it's, it, it is, it's, it's hard enough to be in that situation. And, and then, you know, it, they do, they turn things on you and, and then you start to, you have your, you have your self doubt and then you have the people that are believing them and you're like, what is happening? And you were being so respectful and, you know, it's like, and it's tough um, to just, you know, to have those things happening and like you, you love this person and they're hurting you so badly, but all you're trying to do is help them get better. And it's just, yeah, I feel for you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, and that was hard with the kids too, because I think that they, they saw a lot of that and they, and my oldest was confused too because he's like, "Oh, I've always seen mom and dad have this perfect relationship, and now my mom's just decided to leave." And so he blamed me for a long time because he had no idea what was really going on because I wasn't going to be like, you know, this is what your dad is doing, you know. Um, but eventually, that did come to light when he passed away because I had to explain to my kids, you know, um, your dad's mind wasn't where where it should have been, you know, because I don't want you guys to think that this is your fault you know, so I had to explain to them what was really happening. And then that brought a lot to light for my son and him to really understand why I ended up leaving and, you know, that I was protecting them and protecting myself and that he wasn't changing. So, but yeah, so we dealt a lot with that. It was very toxic in the end. Our relationship was pretty toxic in the fact that, um, he was very, he, one day he'd be like, let's be friends, you know, this is great. And then the other, then he'd be like, oh, you're, you know, you're a bad mom, this and that. And, and that was hard for me uh, to navigate. But um, so we went through a lot of ups and downs. And then I found out that there was a lot more going on and my kids were not safe being around him. And so I had to again, then make the decision to get temporary full custody 
And I think after that, he kind of just felt hopeless. And even though he had tons of people reaching out to him, um, now that they were kind of figuring out what was going on and trying to help him get help, he was like, no, I don't have a problem. I don't have a problem. And um, in, in, in turn, I think he was trying to do it himself. And I don't think that when you have an addiction problem, you can do it yourself. I think you need people to be there to support you. And I think, um, you know, drugs change your mind. And if, and if you're trying to get off of them cold Turkey without the help that you need, then it can make you make decisions that you wouldn't normally make. And, and, in, and he ended up taking his own life in June of this year. And so that's been a real struggle for me and the kids and, and our whole family, both of our families. Oh, well, just, I, I know that this is very fresh for you. Um, but, uh, so you, so, you know, you know, that you, this is very indeed a, a safe place. You know, I went through the same thing. I lost a lot of my life to suicide, um, in 2018. We respect that this is very fresh for you. Um, and so, you know, give the details you, you want to, but don't feel pressured to you know, go into too much if it's too much for you. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. I really want to be an open book as much as I can so that I can help others understand because I think that one of the things I struggled with when grieving was that, you know, I feel so alone. I don't feel like anybody has gone through the exact same thing and nobody does go through the exact same thing. But if you can find similarities and how people grieved and how they got over it, well, I mean, as much as you can, um, then I think that that's helpful. So I want to tell as much as I possibly can so that I can help others. And we, we definitely appreciate that. Um, and so how long were you divorced? You said, but you said 20, when would you, between, between um, your divorce and his death? Uh, we started going through divorce October of 2019. And then he passed away at the end of June of 2020. So it wasn't even a full year. So you didn't even get to uh, like officially finalize the divorce before. Wow. Nope. So, yeah, I mean, that's because um, even though you're the one who made the choice to to walk away because you saw the environment that was unhealthy for you, for your for your kids, but also for him, because he needed he needed a catalyst to change his life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's let's. Let's first talk about that divorce grief. I just, because I don't want to miss any, many points here. So um, like, you know, from the point you walked away and, and you, you, you left him um, and started that process. I mean, obviously a lot of sadness, a lot of, a lot of hurt. Um, thinking about what, what sorts of things were you holding on to that helped keep you grounded through that process of grieving that? Um, were there things that maybe were there were, obviously there are good things you can do, but are there, were there any bad things that, that maybe came out of that grieving process too? I'm just curious. I think that whenever I left Dustin, I had this idea in my head that when I left, it would be a wake up call for him and that he would he would do what he needed to, to get our family back together. And so I think that I was holding on to this hope that he would do that and I would be able to go back and then things would be fine again, or we would go on our separate paths for a while and then we would end up coming back together. And so, but in the divorce, 
after a couple months, I noticed that he wasn't getting, he wasn't trying to be better. He would try to be better for two weeks and then he would, there were more stuff would come to light for me. And then I was like, well, I just, I can't go there. I, and I have to start moving on. And for me, moving on, the moving on process was learning to love myself because I definitely, the last two years of our marriage went into a place of, I don't love myself. And um, a lot of the things that he said to me or told me really um, wore on who I was as a person and my own self-worth. And so getting through our divorce really was a, a time for me to figure out who I was on my own and um, learn that I can be really independent. And that is one thing that has come out of that, out of my divorce was my own independence because I never had that. I moved straight from my parents' house in with him. And then it was me and him up until that point. I'd never lived on my own. I'd never done anything on my own. And he was high five. (laughs) Um, And so it was, it was a big change for me, but it was one that I think that I needed in, in turn, like later in my life, I think it's something that is some, is, it is something that is going to make me a stronger woman in person. Most definitely. And um, females are just like men, men are perceived as strong, but females and moms are badass. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> I mean, like moms are like my, my wife is, she's a softie, but she's way tougher than I am. Um, so that's amazing for you. Yeah. And um and I'm sure your kids were a great thing to lean on too, because you could say, you know, even in this darkness that like these kids are, are what are giving, giving me life right now, you know? So, Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about, um, let's kind of move on to, to his passing and everything. And let's talk about that grief a bit. Um, so, I mean, obviously you, you get the news, um, who, who tells you that he's passed away? So I actually was dating Nick at the time, um, and he lives in California. So I was actually flying to California to see Nick, and I had gotten a phone call on my layover from Dustin's sister. And she was like, hey, have you heard from Dustin lately? Nobody's heard from him. And I was like, well, no, but I mean, he's probably fine. You know, if you're worried about him, maybe do a wellness check, have the cops go over there, because they had been fighting him and his sister had been fighting and it had been pretty ugly. So I was like, you know, you probably should just not be going over there and just do a wellness check. And she was like, okay, well, she ended up going over there with their other sister. And I, at that point, turned my phone on airplane mode and went on my next flight. When I landed in California and I turned airplane mode off, I had multiple text messages, multiple missed phone calls from his sister. And I actually found out through a text message that he had passed away. And um, actually, my kids were with my aunt and had my laptop, which was connected to my text messages. So before I had landed, my kids had actually seen a text message on my laptop that said, he's dead from his sister. And my aunt immediately took the laptop and kind of just was like, you know, that could mean anything, no big deal, and then put the laptop away and then distracted them. Um, So I had text messages from my aunt telling me that, and then I had a text message from my sister-in-law saying, you know, he's dead, he's dead, 
he hung himself. And so at that point, you know, I'm in an airplane waiting to get off of the airplane and I'm just like shaking. I can't think straight. I'm, I'm like, this is pretend this isn't even a real thing. And, um, so I get off the airplane and then I get a phone call from his sister who is with a a police officer and the police officer says to me, you know, Julia, you know, we got a phone call and we came out to the house and your husband has passed away. And that was just so weird. I felt like I was like floating through the airport, if that makes sense. Oh my God. And you're there at a scenic and like, you know, you were probably, you know, you're going on this trip, super excited. Yeah. And oh my God. And at that point, like I went down to meet Nick and I was, I texted him and I was just like, something happened. And I got down there and he's like, what happened? And I told him and, and that was just like, that right there, that's a big reason that whole process, my grieving process through that was a whole reason. One of the reasons why me and Nick's relationship didn't end up working out. It was just like a bomb had gone off in our relationship because grieving somebody else while you're with somebody else is a really hard thing to do, I think, because they don't fully understand what's happening. Absolutely. You know, it's, God, I just, sorry, the tears, because it's like, I literally went through this exact same thing. My ex hung himself as well. I remember, you know, my friend calling me and saying the same exact thing. Hey, have you heard from him? And I was like, no, he's really bad with his phone. Like, don't worry about it. You know, um, finding out that my, my cop neighbor's ex-wife um was the cop that found him i mean just like hearing your hearing you like i just i know exactly what you went through um but yeah and 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 the thing is too is that like you know he and i had not been together for years just like you know you guys hadn't been together for i mean you weren't there's a gap in time where you weren't together anymore but it's still it is it's one of those things that now this will carry into your new relationships too. Um, you know, because like I, 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 I just started dating someone and I had to tell him about what happened because it's still a big part of my life. And it's now been, you know, two years since he's, since he's passed, but it's an everyday, he was my best friend and it's, it's an everyday feeling, you know, I still think about it. So, you know, um, I, I really fully like, understand this um and you're still very much in it uh you know because it is still early but you know as much as i'm saying that i still feel this and it's i i think about it i will tell you that it 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 does get better and easier and but it's it doesn't it it will forever impact you because that was such an anchor relationship and person in your life Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, so I'll jump in just so Jamie can can re re uh, regather herself. Um, um, so with so your your kids have some awareness something's not right. Um, and everyone responds to grief initially in their own um, unique way. Some people just try to push past it. Some people full on just embrace it. I mean. With with this initial shock, obviously you're you're with your boyfriend, but you're also trying. You know, you're. 
how how transparent are you with your feelings at this time? Are you trying to hold back? Are you trying to um, are are you just letting the emotions come as they are? Like how are you how are you trying to process what you're feeling and what's going on? At first, I was very so I was in shock. I was very in shock when it happened, and then when we left the airport, I got a phone call from his mom. And his mom is someone that, you know, I've grown up with her around. We've been through so much together. And even after the divorce, his mom was like, you know, I appre- I appreciate that you left him because you're protecting my grandkids. And, and Right. Yeah, she's grandma. Yeah. And <laughs> so she's she, she called me and the things that she and she'd already lost a daughter. She had, you know, Dustin's sister had passed away a couple of years before. And so she had already been through this. And the first thing she says to me is, you know, I know that this is hard. I know this is going to be so hard for you and it's going to be hard for me and it's going to be hard for those kids, but we together need to do what's best for those kids. And I said, yes, of course. And then she just lost it. And then at that point I lost it. And then I was sobbing uncontrollably. And, um, I think that I, I battled a little bit with whether I should be showing my emotions so that my kids know that it's okay to be sad and it's okay to have emotions about it, or if I should be strong and keep it held together for my kids. And I think that I was just in shock for so long. I had, when I was in California, I cried that whole night. I basically cried on and off the whole night. And then I couldn't get home because my flight had landed at six that night. And so there were no return flights. I couldn't just get on a a plane and go home. So I had to wait until the next morning to go home. So that plane ride from California to home was probably the worst thing in the world, because at that point I just wanted to get home. I wanted to be with my family. I wanted to be a comfort for his family and for mine. And, and I wanted to get to my kids. My kids were actually not in Missouri, they were in Iowa with my aunt, which was about a five hour drive from home. So as I'm coming home, my kids are coming home and I'm like, people were like, well, should we tell them? And I was trying to figure out if it was better for them to know right away or if it was better for them to wait until I got home to find out. There's just so many things that you don't even, that you have to figure out in your head at that point, what's the right thing to do. And it's hard because with kids, it's once it's done, it's something that could affect them in a negative or positive way. And so that was something that was hard for me, but we ended up waiting until I got home and it was me, my mom and Destin's mom. And at first I went in by myself and I told them, you know, your daddy has passed away. His mind was sick and he was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing. And it made him not think the way that he should think. And they didn't react at first. And Lincoln didn't understand. Lincoln was only four at the time. So he just was just like, I don't even know what's going on. Bentley immediately started crying because he's he's the oldest. So he really understood what was going on. And Milo was just in shock. And then my mom and Dustin's mom came in and they kind of talked to them and then we all cried together and, and we just talked and the kids really Bentley struggled the most with it for a long time. And he still struggles with it. I mean, all of them still struggle with it, but in their own ways. 
but um, definitely Bentley cried the most out of ever, out of everybody, and he really, which Bentley is not a crier. <laughs> he doesn't cry. He he really keeps his emotions inside a lot of the time. So it really it really hit hard, obviously, with all of them because I was so bad. So. Well, that's part of it too because you're you're grieving, and I, I keep saying this because. You, your kids are so important and obviously everybody's kids are important, but because you're trying to process your emotions and trying to process your grief and the fact that, you know, you were, you were, you know, you had a marriage, you had a life together for so long. That was so good. Then you had to grieve, you know, him not being able to, you know, help himself in a way he needed to, to leaving him. So then all these, of emotions are probably coming back too, but when you realize he's gone, but then on top of that, you're trying to help your kids and kids because of the way their, their brains are, are, are programmed at that time. They don't necessarily know how to handle those complex emotions. So you're trying to navigate a crap ton of, of feelings and, and, perspectives and um so kudos to you for being able to to do what you had to do not only for yourself to keep your sanity but for your kids who who basically i mean a news like that their world is destroyed you know their world is crushed some people aren't aren't therapy people did you try getting your kids in therapy or anything to help them cope with with that issue we are in the process of working on getting therapy as a single mom raising three kids by myself during a pandemic and not having insurance. It's been hard to figure out how to afford it, but we're in the process of trying to find some like free grief counseling where we can, since we just moved here to Florida. But um, apparently people have been telling me that there are resources for that. Some people don't like therapy for just for whatever reason it is. And, but it is valuable and I'm glad you're seeking that help. Um, but also too, like you made a change, you moved to Florida this year and that was something probably that really helped, um, helped you to kind of actualize, um, your life after all this grief. Yes. I think that before it happened, we were thinking about moving to Florida and then, after it happened, we, I, at first I was thinking, you know, I don't want to make such a big change in my kids' lives after they're already going through a big change and, and to uproot them from the school that they've always known and leave where they have memories with their dad. But when we were there for, for the next few months, I had figured out that in being there and them them constantly seeing, driving by his house, seeing the places that they had memories with him, having kids talk about it at school was harder on them than leaving. And I think that leaving was the best decision that I could have made for them because there's, they're totally different kids now. They, I, I don't think that they think about it as much. And I've seen just a total change in them so that's so great to hear (laughs) it's really been amazing it's been hard because they have been away from bentley's best friend is his cousin who lives in missouri and so that's been hard for him and tristan was his biggest support getting through the passing of his dad but 
they have FaceTime and they FaceTime like 24 seven basically. Um, but I love that. that's a really special way, you know, we didn't really mention this until just now, but like this is all going on with COVID on top of everything, you know, and um, it, I, like it's really interesting and 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 nice to hear that you know the kid, you and the kids have found these ways of you know rebuilding and but still staying connected, and um, it's just it's a really interesting perspective. I think that COVID really has made it's made things, I can't say that it's made things harder because I never experienced it before, but sometimes that is one thing that I do. I struggle with is loneliness because sometimes I just need somebody to cry on their shoulder and I can't necessarily, I don't have any friends here in, in Florida. I, I moved here. I have my mom. You do now. Yay. You do now. <laughs> That's so great to hear. Um, but I've had moments where I have a hard, I have a hard time and I don't necessarily like to call my family or his family or our, our friends that we had together because whenever I talk to them about it, they might not have been thinking about it at the moment. And so I don't like to bring it up to them because I'm, I think, you know, I'm just reminding them and making them feel sad and I don't want to do that. Uh, so it's hard to not have friends that I can talk to about it that weren't directly connected to it. That's another part of it too to mention, yeah, because you're you some people um and everyone reacts to grief differently, but I have family who um who they see me my mom passed away and this isn't an earlier episode, but my mom passed away when I was seventeen and so there are people who I'm around who well it's, it's a little removed now that I'm thirty three but for those first few years it was whenever they saw me or were around me, they'd get emotional because Oh, that's all they could see. And it's like, like, no, I'm still here. And I, you know, I'm trying to be who I was, but have this, this shadow over me. I totally get that. So um, that's, that's another important part of it too, realizing that everyone reacts to it differently. And um, it is hard because you feel like you're alone because, and then, um, you know, like you're, you're, you know, you're trying to date, trying to pick your life up. You know, you realize that you're still worthy of love, that you still have a lot to offer somebody. And that you want to be happy again. That you're to the point now too, where even though you you had this this really rough rough hand, um, you got to kind of carry that. And I'm kind of curious too how how you compartmentalize um, that grief, especially when you're trying to move forward and, and trying to find somebody else in your life to to fall in love with, to potentially you know spend the rest of your eternity with. So. Honestly, it's hard. It's hard. I have moments where I, it's, you know, it's, it's weird to talk about I'm sad about my ex-husband who passed away because people don't really understand if they haven't been through that because yes, I was getting a divorce and, and all that stuff, but I still loved him. And I, I, hoped that eventually we would get back together. So now in dating, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's just when I'm sad, I can't necessarily go to the person that I want to go to, to talk about it because it's kind of a, a weird thing. It's kind of a weird topic to talk to your, 
it, it really about. is. Yeah. It really, I totally understand. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, um, you know, my suggestion to you after now that I've, I've, I've had to explain it to multiple people in the past couple of years as I've dated, um, be easy on yourself and the right person will respect it. Um, yeah. And it is still tough. Obviously you don't want to like harp on it, but they also, the right person will totally just get it. And, um, you know, maybe you guys don't talk about it together and, and, and you, you just deal with it, you know, in a different way, but that they can, they can recognize it and, you know, let you do what you need to do. Um, because like I said, the right person's going to just love you and care about you and whatever it is that you're dealing with, you're dealing with it. And it's, yeah, but, but it is that thing of like, they can't possibly understand. <laughs> I, um, I have a friend who's, uh, he and his wife were married for a number of years. They had triplets together and, um, his wife unexpectedly passed and he has, um, since been able to find new love and his family is like doubled in capacity now. And, but one of the things that I thought was really special was that um, I saw a Facebook post a couple of years ago with his new wife and she had baked a birthday cake for his deceased wife's birthday. So their kids can remember, remember the mom on the birthday. And I was like, like, that is how you handle it. That is how you do it. Like I, so um yeah, I thought that was really special, and I was like, "That is so." I, I mean, yeah, Julie, the right person will come along, and they'll they'll be the person you need them to be in regards to mourning that aspect of your life. And um, but don't ever be afraid to show it, obviously, and don't be afraid to be to be like you are now, blunt about it. So, yeah. So, um, I'm curious. You know, you've you've done this move now. Um, can you tell us? some more um about the bright spots about the good things um yeah i think that just moving to florida and being in the sun because i suffer so much from you know just seasonal blues you know i get sad from the cloudy gloomy weather so just being here when everybody else all my friends are back home being like you know it's so cold and gloomy here but it's not here. It's nice here. It's beautiful here. And it's green. And that just that for me and the kids is just magical and being able to go to the beach. I don't know about you guys, but if I can sit, put my feet in the sand and just watch the water and listen to the waves crash, that, that is magical to me. And it just, it brings my, my soul to life. And so I think just moving to Florida as a whole has been mostly a bright thing in my life and in the kid's life. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love to hear that, especially since I love the state so much. Maybe not so much the people. Um, it can it can be wild here um, and what goes on. <laughs> but um, it is really, yeah, it's a special place. And, and, and having access to the beach and, and healing and grounding yourself, you know, going and literally putting your feet in the sand and, and feeling the earth and the power of the ocean is, is so healing. So glad to hear that you guys can do that and share that. So, um, Jamie, do you have any other questions? Cause I think we're kind of at the, the, the end of the, the session here. Um, 
Um, my my last question for you, Julia, though, before Jamie chimes in, is um, if obviously your your experience is uniquely yours, but if there was a piece of advice you'd give somebody who um, went through a similar circumstance with with somebody who who they love, who was addicted, who they were married to or whatever, and they passed away. Um, with all your grief, like what is a piece of advice you give that person? My advice would be to just always see the good in every situation. I think every person is going to have bad, bad things happen in their lives. And this last year of my life has been the worst year of my life. But one thing that has kept me going is just knowing that I'm going to come out of this a stronger person. My kids are going to come out of this as stronger people. And that as long as you can see the light in the dark, you will have happiness in your life. That is so true. And I, I was going to say that you kind of took it out of the words out of my mouth. But um, <laughs> one thing I always see, and because I'm on TikTok and this is how we all know each other, is that there's a lot of hurting people out there. And there's a lot of hurting um, single moms out there, surprisingly. I don't know if I'm just on, I don't know if I'm on single mom talk or whatever, but. Um, <laughs> What I always what I always tell people in the comments when I see a situation, I say, you know, it's going to happen, is you're going to get stronger. You're going to feel you're going to feel like really bad for a while, but then the situation is going to empower you to push forward. And the really cool part, Julie, and I'll say this to you, is that your kids are going to see your strength. They're going to see how badass you are in all of this, and they're going to say, you know what? Um, even though they have a situation too of a part of this, they're going to say, mom mom had a really rough hand mom went through some stuff but you don't mom pushed through and now 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 that i know mom did i can do it too and they're going to feel empowered by that the rest of their lives are going to say hey mom went through a pandemic a, a death dating and a divorce i i can I, I can be a rocket scientist you know so i hope so not to mention so. your amazing um social media accounts and just your strength, like your strength and, and, and beauty is just, you know, thank you for sharing it with us. Really. Oh, that means so much. I definitely have my moments where I am like, am I, should I be doing this? I don't know. But hearing that people are getting something out of it means a lot to me. Yeah. So, um, so what kinds of, obviously they can find you on TikTok. Um, Julia Thompson 24. Is that what it was? I can't. Mm -hmm. yep. yep. And so um, obviously you're a gamer, but what other kind of stuff do you have going on that you're, that you're working towards right now? Um, I started an Etsy shop where I'm, I'm selling paintings now and um, I'm going to be adding my photography on that as well. I'm also writing a poetry book and a fiction book. So those, hopefully the poetry book will be out soon. I'm doing one right now on, the poetry book I'm writing now is focused on divorce and, and healing after divorce, but I'm also doing a grieving one, one on grief. So those will be out shortly. Wonderful. Well, Julia, thank you for being here today. I know um, Jamie actually had to leave just now because she was due for meeting, <laughs> but um, okay. yeah, I'll, uh, I'll just say that it was so great to have you today. Um, your story is really inspiring and, you're such a cool person. I'm, I'm glad I get to, to, to know you and get to talk to you. So thank you for being here. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I appreciate what you guys are doing too. Most definitely. And uh, for those tuning in, we will um, catch you later for another episode of Emotional Duct Tape. So uh, have a great night. Mm -hmm.